You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. We're looking at Thanksgiving. We've been looking at Thanksgiving for quite some time now. I love this first sentence. Thanksgiving releases faith, and faith always brings breakthrough. Let's have breakthrough today. Anybody up for breakthrough? Uh-huh. Got some places that uh, you, you've been stuck in or that you just can't get beyond, and we want to we see what the Lord would do today in showing us how to break through that. This week, unfortunately, many people will look at this uh, celebration on Thursday as Turkey Day, uh, a day to eat and eat and eat and possibly go beyond that which is healthy into gluttony and then to gorge yourself with NFL football. And uh, all the wives said, that's what I thought the wives would say. No amens on that one. It's like, oh, Lord, God forbid. That's, that's what they're supposed to say. God forbid. But uh, except for you, some of you wives that are just diehard NFLers, blessings on you. <laughs> for some, uh, Thanksgiving is going to be the last day before the Christmas frenzy of purchasing on Black Friday. Uh, how many do we have in the fellowship that's, you know, like the first one there on Black Friday sales? We got one? Just one? Okay. I know we've had some before. Uh, the, the television that we have in the nursery was from a Black Friday sale that somebody, I don't know if they gave free televisions to the first so many or if it was real inexpensive, but we have that in the nursery as a result of a Black Friday sale. But there's all sorts of folks that are going to be doing that kind of stuff. The sales after, after Thanksgiving, I try to avoid them all from Thanksgiving to uh, a week after Christmas. Because the week after Christmas, everybody's taking back and getting the right sizes and uh, returns and all that kind of stuff. So you usually need, a, need another week after Christmas. And for many, as we've prayed, there's, there's going to be an incredible sadness this year because it's the first time that they've gone through the holiday season without a specific loved one, or they've had a loss, a profound loss in their family, and it's changed the dynamic of the holiday seasons, and uh, we, want to, we want to make sure that we lift those folks up. For some, it's not their first time through, thanks, uh, through, through the holidays with the loss. It could be their second time around. It could be their third time around. And uh, if, you've, if you've ever done anything with grief care, uh, ministry type of thing, you know that sometimes the second time's even worse than the first. And I've heard one, one lady's testimony that the third time was the worst. So don't automatically assume that loved ones that you know that have had a profound loss in their life, going through the holidays, they've been through it once or they've been through it twice or they've been through it three times, that it's still not having a major impact on them. Lift them up, remember them, and continue to pray for them. But I want to talk to you today about Thanksgiving, not so much as a holiday, but as a lifestyle. Wow. A lifestyle of Thanksgiving. 
The concept of thanksgiving is, is found all through scriptures. Now, there's like 137 places where you're going to get the, the whole word thanksgiving actually mentioned. But thanks and, and being thankful and all the variations a multitude of times throughout the scripture. Thanksgiving represents a powerful spiritual force. Did you realize that? Have mercy. I don't think I understood that for a long, long time. For me, Thanksgiving was, you know, you say thank you after you get something and thanks. And, and pretty much our culture tries to, to remove thanks with high fives and fist bumps and thumbs up and that's good. You know, and we find other ways than using actual the word thank you and actually thanking somebody for what they've done. But for me, sometimes it, it, Thanksgiving was almost trite. It was just thanks. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. You know, thanks for that. I really didn't need it, but thanks. You know, and, and so you get a, a lot of different kind of familiar uses of the word that oftentimes then flows over to our understanding of what thanksgiving in the scripture, a biblical understanding of thanksgiving actually means. And thanksgiving is powerful. It is absolutely a spiritual force. It's living a lifestyle of thanksgiving and gratitude to God can actually become one of the most effective spiritual weapons that has the potential to release the richest blessings of God in our lives. You're doing warfare when you're giving thanks. You're, you're doing spiritual warfare when you are truly grateful from your heart and you give that, whether it's to God or whether it's to another brother or sister. So let's... let's Take seriously Thanksgiving. I, I know you know my, my very narrow conservative background in religion, you know, to where uh, we was just trying to keep everybody holy as they possibly could. So the last thing we want to do is, is, is to puff them up and cause them to get filled with pride or, or to think more highly of themselves than they should. And so, you know, a lot of times I would use that as an excuse not to say thank you. Because if I say thank you, I'm acknowledging that someone gave me and, and, and blessed me. And if I do, then they're going to think that they're really a, a, a big deal. And so let's, let's, make, let's play it low. Keep it on the down low so nobody gets puffed up. Nobody gets filled with pride. We all stay humble in our holy expressions, but quite a bit less power. Hmm. So let's toss that one this year. All in favor, say aye. Opposed, same sign. Okay, the eyes have it. We'll toss not saying Thanksgiving out of our lives. Mm -hmm. I want us to look at Psalm 100. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. Psalm 100. It's really interesting, the, the little uh, description on Psalm 100. Does anybody have Psalm 100 memorized? Yep. Marcus, some of us learned that in Sunday school and some of our Christian scouting endeavors. We, you know, it's only five verses. You can do it. But it's got a little descriptor there. It says it's a, it's a psalm for giving thanks. A psalm for giving thanks. Like that. So here we go. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. 
It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Wow. Kind of hard to go through a Thanksgiving. This, this is almost like using Psalm 23 at a, at a funeral. You know, you use Psalm 100 at a Thanksgiving Sunday. Sorry for those that was looking for a more creative expression of a Thanksgiving sermon, but I couldn't get beyond this one because it really, it really touches something at the very core of, of my heart. A lifestyle of Thanksgiving and gratitude to the Lord. Huh for all our blessings, for all our blessings. We thank God for what he's done for us. We praise God for who he is. We praise him for who he is. And in this little psalm, the psalmist is teaching us a very powerful spiritual truth that thanksgiving and praise open gates. They open gates. Gates are points of entry and always attached to some kind of wall or boundary. Mm. Usually the walls are there for the purpose of preventing people from entering into a place which probably contains something of great value. And so we build a wall around it. As a counselor, I know many of us build walls around our hearts because we, we got hurt, we got betrayed, we got wounded, evil touched us in a profound way, and we've, we've put a wall around our heart, but there's no gates. There's no gates. Some of us are so sold on protecting our heart that we forgot to put a gate so that we can get out. So as a counselor, oftentimes the Lord uses me to help disassemble walls that have been erected. As soon as we learn how to heal the heart and make the heart safe so that it doesn't feel so vulnerable. But when we have gates here in the scripture, it's talking about, it's talking about a, a boundary that you can't get through. It's, it's unscalable. It's impossible to penetrate. You can't get through any other way but through a gate. In John 10, Jesus says, I am the gate. Have mercy. Mm. And he is the one that when he puts us within his wall of protection and he shuts the gate, then nothing from evil can come into that, to that protected place and harm his sheep. It says that a, a robber, a thief will try to scale the wall, but the good shepherd's there. The good shepherd's there. And today, as we look at gate, I'm looking at, at the gates that are between here and, and heaven. The gates that, that become the access point from earth to heaven, from heaven to earth. And to uh, see how praise and how thanksgiving are such powerful spiritual weapons uh, to break all the forces that the evil one sets in front of us to try to prevent us from going through the gate 
into heaven. We find that the gates become a potential point of entry that enables people to go beyond a boundary and enter into a place of sanctuary where others are unable to go. When I think of where the Lord wants me individually and when I think where he wants us corporately to be, I think of all the resistance that comes in that tries to prevent us from obtaining what God has freely, freely given us in in the finished work of Jesus Christ. His, His sacrifice, his death upon the cross, his burial, and on the third day rising from the dead, staying on the earth for over 40 days, teaching about his kingdom, and then arising and ascending to the right hand of the Father. Releasing the Holy Spirit to the earth with the promise that he will return. And when I, I, I think of, of the provision that he has for us, I realize that there's more. There's more than what I'm experiencing. Anybody ever know the frustration of knowing that there's more, but you're still living in less? It's like, we, we know it. God has put eternity in the heart of man. We were created for a reality that transcends the, the barriers of the fall that now are oppressive upon this reality upon earth. And that's why he came and released his kingdom because he wants to take the oppression of this earth and the boundaries that it brings and to blow them to smithereens. That's why Jesus said, kingdom of God come, will of God come, be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you'll find all, several times Jesus is talking about heaven and he's talking about earth in a way that his heart is what's up in heaven he wants to see manifested on the earth. And for us to, to get to the place where we begin to experience the very things that are in heaven, we have to go through the gate. And sometimes we we get so complex in how you get through the gate. We come up with a spirituality that is is just so scientific that we've got to make sure that just we we catch the spirit just right and we, we move. No. You have the power to go through that gate with your thanksgiving and praise every day of your life. The enemy will try to get us to think that you've, you've got to have fasted for uh, 40 days and 40 nights, that you've, that you've got to attain some level of black belt in your spiritual walk, uh, a fifth degree black belt, and then maybe now you can appropriate and, and get into the heavenly stuff and see it manifested in the earth. No, the way you get through the gate is simple. And I love that about the king. He keeps everything simple. The Father's a good Father. And he keeps it nice and simple. It's through thanksgiving. It's through thanksgiving that you go through the gate. (sighs) 
See, the, the tabernacle on earth was a representation of the reality in heaven. And the way you got into the holy place is going through the gate with thanksgiving and praise. This could be really powerful. It could change our lives if we got a revelation of this, if it really took place, if it really sank into our heart. I remember the early days after I was saved and I, I came into the things of the Spirit and uh, the Holy Spirit came upon me and, and I had a, an unusual gift for evangelism in high school. Uh, we saw all sorts of people get saved at Southport High School. It was amazing. Uh, my, my physics lab partner got saved and we, we had all sorts of wonderful things. But it wasn't until a, a subsequent filling of the Holy Spirit that I understood the power of praise. I never understood the power of thanksgiving. And I remember what would happen when I would just get alone and be with the Lord and start singing to him my gratitude and my praise for who he is and what he's done for me. And those simple little songs from my heart straight to Jesus' heart, they, they weren't necessarily written songs, they weren't published songs, but they were song, songs to my heart. I come from a, a Francis family tradition that we sing everything. Uh, my, my grandfather would get the little chihuahua and he would sing to the chihuahua. And the chihuahua would scream, please stop <laughs> that singing. Oh my and, God. and he thought that the he thought the Chihuahua was singing a duet with him, but we all knew it was like, have mercy, oh God, make this old man stop. And so we've, we've got a singing mentality and we make up songs all the time. My dad made up more songs than just goofy songs. But when I came into the kingdom, I found that, you know, that had some foundation because a lot of his goofy songs was just kind of the overflow of the goofiness of his heart. <laughs> And I found that as, as, you, as you start allowing the song of your heart to come forth, and if you, if you really catch the power of thanksgiving and praise, you can just start singing to God. You can start singing to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, to the Father, and you can just sing and make up your own song. And I remember the power of intimacy that would be released in some of the most simplistic little ditties out of my heart to God. I wasn't praying from the Greek or the Hebrew. I was praying from a childlike heart that was just elated to be in the presence of his father. Dying old mate. And when you do that, all hell cringes. The kingdom of darkness absolutely hates it when a child of God is expressing thanksgiving and praise to God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They absolutely hate it. So if the enemy is harassing you, it might be a good thing to get the enemy away from you. And one of the best ways to get the enemy to run and to be at bay is to give thanksgiving and praise. You don't have to go up and kick principalities and powers in the knee stomp on their foot, 
All you have to do is just really sing songs from your heart to the Lord, prayers from your heart to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord everywhere you are, whatever you're doing. Just do that, and you'll find the enemy has to leave. This is good preventive. You know, we're, we're into preventative care as a, as a country. You know, we want, we want to prevent everything from happening before it happens. So this is good preventative care to keep, keep the enemy away. A prayer a day will keep the enemy away. No, no. You know, it's, it's, it's good to use thanksgiving and, and praise in our personal time with the Lord. But it's also good when you've forgotten and all of a sudden you're feeling the attack of the evil one. You're feeling the oppression that he's trying to give. You can, feeling, you can kind of sense that he's, he's, he's in ambush just waiting to catch you. He, he's got you in the crosshairs and he's waiting to pull the trigger. That's a good time to go to Thanksgiving and prayer and praise and just mention the name that was given to us, the name of protection, the name of Jesus, and sing to Jesus a Thanksgiving love song. Anybody there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. But oftentimes... <clears throat> Well, let's see. I don't want to forget any of these things that I've got slides for. Which one are we doing? Thanksgiving prayers. Okay, good. That's where I thought we were. Thanks, Susie. You're, you're, you're anticipating me well. <clears throat> A lot of times we pray out of need. We pray out of deficiency. We pray out of fear. We pray out of worry. And those are, all, those are okay. When, when you're in that, you need, you need to be praying. You need to be praying. Sometimes our prayers begin with our discontent. We're, we're not happy. And we're going to let somebody know about it. Back in my family, we always said, uh, I, I want to talk to the manager. <laughs> Almost got to be a case, you know, as, as my young wife, as we'd go out with my family to eat, and we knew that if mom wanted to talk to the manager, something was going down. Something was going down. And a lot of times that's what we do. We want to talk to the manager. So God, you're the, you're, the, you're the general manager of heaven, so come down here. I think sometimes we can kind of surmise that a lot of our prayer life is really just complaining to God. But we've got examples of that in the scripture. The Psalms are full of complaints. David's complaining. The psalmist is complaining. So there's nothing, un there's nothing unbiblical with that. However, do you really enjoy hanging out with complainers? Is, is, is that just, you think up today, who could, I, who could I hang out with today? I really want to enjoy myself. Let's go with, with Bill because he always is in a bad mood and wants to complain about politics, about cars, you know, he complains. No, 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 no. We really don't. It's okay when we authentic, when authentically we, we, are, we are at a place of discontent. The Lord knows that. So don't hide it. Just bring it out to him. But if the only time you come to him is when you got a complaint, oh boy, here comes
my picture of the father is that he can't wait for his kids to come to him. Even if it's legitimate complaint. But it's much more fun if they're coming because they're thankful. It's much more fun if you know that they're coming because they want to praise you. Now, I'm not trying to say, let's see if we can manipulate God and psychologically, you know, then slip in a little whining after we get up on his lap. But let's, let's, uh, let's approach him and let's have times when the only reason why we come into his presence is not to get something, but to give something. To give him uh, the authentic praise and thanksgiving of our heart. Mm. It's incredible the blessing that we receive when we're in his presence every time. However we get there, whether we start with, I don't know, I think many times I've started with complaining and before I get out of his presence, I'm into thanksgiving and praise. Because a lot of, a lot of the, the reality of, of earth is it's tough. And so we, we take the tough stuff to God and then we get in his presence and we find it, the tough turns into easy. Because he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Because my yoke fits and my burden's light. And so we exchange the heaviness of our reality for, for the true reality of heaven. And it changes then how we live on planet earth. His love is unconditional. He loves everyone and he blesses. I truly believe God is so stinking good that he will bless everything he can bless. He wants to bless us more than we want to be blessed. Right on. And he will bless us even when we don't deserve to be blessed. There's only, there's only those times when, when for some reason we've, we've made some kind of vow or we've somehow aligned ourselves with doubt, unbelief, or with the kingdom of darkness in such a way that God can't pour out his blessing. But I think he, he blesses everything he can bless. I think he wants to bless us this morning. For the last couple of weeks now, I've, I've just been thinking about baptism. I've been thinking about impartation. I've been thinking about those things of, of how do you prepare a new believer to be able to face a world in which the evil one is trying to seek, kill, and destroy everything that belongs to God? How do, how do you do that? Uh, I can't even, I've shared this so many times, I don't know if I shared this last week or not, but Randy Clark was, was giving us a little church history lesson uh, last week, and he was talking about baptism, water baptism, that, that symbol, symbol uh, signifies a, a believer has come to faith in Christ, we go down into the baptismal waters identifying with his death, we come up identifying with his resurrection. And he, he was talking about in the early church that there was, a, there was almost an anticipation that as you came out of baptismal waters, you were expecting the Father, your good, good Father in heaven, to start releasing his gifts to you. Grace and gifts and anointings. 
And the thing that caught me, I think it was the very first night, was that right as a, a new convert would come out of the baptism experience, he would come over and there would be those that were ready to anoint with oil and lay hands for empowerment for Mount High. They were ready to pray for the fullness of the Holy Spirit to be released because they knew that as soon as you went from baptism over to here, you needed supernatural power because over here is where the, the, the death, the agent of death himself is wanting to destroy and get us to shrink back and, and move into fear and doubt and unbelief. And so when I, when I heard that, I just thought, oh my, I've done such a disservice to the body of Christ. Because we would use that baptistry and we'd baptize and you can go in my office and see pictures of all the people that we baptize that are nowhere found in the kingdom today. They got baptized, they found that their sins were forgiven in Jesus Christ and that they were loved and part of the family of God. And then they went out because we did not pray, we did not anoint, we did not release the fullness of the power of the spirit upon them. They were little ducklings just waiting to be devoured by the wolf. And it was like, oh, Jesus, have mercy. So while we were in that service, I, I wasn't shamed. God never shames us. But I just said, Lord, I never, ever want to baptize another person without seeing to it that they are empowered to live on Monday, if we baptize on Sunday, empowered to live on Monday the fullness that you have for them. Now, I understand that they're babies and we got to care for them. We got to burp them, nurture them, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, we have to anoint them so that they're ready. How many have ever been anointed and had hands laid on them so that you know that you have the power of the Spirit to go out and do battle in the kingdom of darkness? Okay. Now, several of us never got that. And my jealous desire today is thanksgiving and praise opens gates. And one of the gates I want to open is the gate where the Spirit of the Lord comes upon each and every one of us in an authoritative and empowering way that we have what we need to live against the desires of the flesh. We have what the attacks of, of, of the demonic forces that want to pull us to the right or to the left. And so it's like, Lord, my heart all week is, is, is for us to receive so that we don't get picked off like stool pigeons. That, that we have an authority so that when you enter a room, if there's any demonic darkness that's present, it knows it's got to leave because you're a carrier of the king. You're a carrier of light and love and truth and peace. And so darkness, fear, uh, lies and doubt have to leave because you have entered into the place. Yeah. I appreciate that, especially when I, when I see that with, with different ones of you that, that carry a, a, a special anointing that shifts atmospheres. And I'm waiting for all of us to shift atmospheres. 
It's not just for the Green Beret. It's not for the Navy SEALs. It's for GI enlisted. And so if you want to enlist today, I want to pray for you. I'm going to get some others to help me pray. And that's the invitation on Thanksgiving Day. Would you like to have a Thanksgiving power encounter with the Spirit of God so that you don't have to blow this way because the wind's blowing this way? You can stand as the Lord God wants you to stand. And not only having stand, but you can then advance. I want us not to just be able to stand in the midst of a demonic storm. I want us to be able to speak into the storm and say, peace, be still. And the thing to waves and the wind still know his name. Love that. I love that phrase. They still know his name and how to utilize the name so that we see what we've longed to see on earth as it is in heaven. Okay. Okay, let's see what you're feeling. Anybody got any heat going on in their body? Any kind of manifestations of the presence of the Lord? Heat, electricity, tingling, tears. Ah, tears. A lot of times when we talk about manifestations of the presence of God, we forget that tears is probably the number one. And uh, while we were worshiping, I was getting... Some of you know my, my testimony. I get the strobe glaucoma poof test when the Holy Spirit shows up in, in unusual ways. And it's just like my eyes are just going crazy and totally involuntary, never have any clue. We hit the second song today and boom, it, it, was, it was there. And it was like, oh, wow. So I know Holy Spirit wants to do some amazing stuff for you. If, if, if you've never, ever received the laying on of hands, and someone praying for authority and power to be released in Jesus' name into your life, just invite you to come up because we want to do that. I'm, I'm, I don't want to see any, any more of us ever getting picked off. Yes, that's second. That's second. I want the first ones that, that have never, then we'll have seconds. The, the thing about the filling of the Holy Spirit is it's not a one-time event. You know, that's part of the problem with some of our religious traditions. It's like, you know, we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, the second work of grace. We have some kind of encounter and we think that's all there is to it. But Paul says, be being filled. It's a present imperative, which means it starts, but it never ends. The feeling is, is to be uh, ongoing, continuous. Okay? Come on. Come on down. Mm-hmm. We got our heavenly minstrel playing for us, so we're going to be in, in great shape. Ferguson's, Jessup's, which, whoever's not holding a baby. Come on up. What's your name? Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis, God yeah. bless you, Ray. Others, you. let's just form a line right here. Those that would like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, if that's all my first timers, then those that would like a fresh, a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. You know that you've, you've been out there and you've been wanting more 
and you know that there's more that the Lord has for you, but you haven't, you haven't really seen it happening in your life, or you may feel stuck. There may be something kind of a besetting sin, something that constantly keeps you frustrated. Feel free to come. Okay, Sockham grads, you're all welcome to come help us pray. Okay. If you're wanting to be prayed for, raise your hand. Okay. Keep your hand up till someone's with you. Okay. Need somebody over here. Over here, over here. We might have to have a two rounds here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.